Hello, listeners. It's episode 62 of the Adrian Bow podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we're going to do a series of Q&A between myself and listeners that have been bombarding me with um, questions and topics that they'd love me to cover. So please continue to do that. I'd love to hear from you. Um, I have provided myself a curated list of quite a few requests and one which came across my emails and if you are looking to email through some topics or requests um, you can do so through inquiries at adrianbow.com that'll get to me or just dm me on my socials but one which i thought was quite interesting and certainly relevant um, and could almost be seen as quite rudimentary but certainly essential and critical was a query from someone who asked, what are the few things that an agent should master in order to be successful at real estate? Um, The person suggested it might be three or four, but when I sat down and actually took some notes and thought about it, I came up with a list of eight things that I think you need to be a master at in order to reach what I call the 20% club, which is that 20% of agents earning 80% of the income. Now, when you think about it, eight things is not a huge list. If you compare us to other industries, medical, uh, legal, accountancy, uh, whatever other uh, professional arena other people are involved in, there's a labyrinth of information and and and, and a a huge lit, litany of of uh, uh, you know processes that they need to master in order to be the top of their field. A lot of people say you've only got to do ten thousand hours of your profession to become a master or reach mastery level, but. I, I think that's a bit nebulous and a bit opaque. I, I'd rather get into specifics. So when you think about it, a list of eight, I think is a nice curated list. And I'm going to share with you what I feel that is. Um, so let's get straight into it. And I do appreciate the person that asked. Uh, I'll keep everyone's request confidential, but please hit me up because I'd love to deal with a lot of these topics. Okay. So the first thing I think you need to be Uh, a master at or reach mastery level in order to be a top agent is number one being prospecting slash promotion. Now, the reason um, I think that there is some synergy between prospecting and promotion is because prospecting is really only one vertical or one vignette of many lead generation activities that allow you to either get in contact with the client so you can appraise their property or have a buyer contact you so you can show them properties for sale. Um, And promotion is another lead generation mechanism. And promotion obviously is a very broad term And we'll talk about a few of those. But number one is certainly prospecting and promotion. Okay, so prospecting first, uh, as a lot of people know that I work closely with, uh, and if you are looking to book in a coaching session, the same email address or hit me up on on my socials and I can book you in. Um, However, prospecting, as a lot of people know, I'm uh, resolute about 
ensuring that every agent I work with carves out a minimum of two hours a day for proactive prospecting. So what does that mean? Number one, it means it's got to be an appointment in your diary because agents are very good at attending things that are in their diary. Very rarely are they late to a listing appointment. Very rarely will they not turn up to an open house. Very rarely, uh, if ever, will they not attend an auction. So the diary tends to dictate an agent's activities. So my strong recommendation to everyone listening is if you're going to do some proactive prospecting, make sure it's an appointment in your diary and make sure that the ramifications of not attending it are high. So what are the ramifications of you not turning up to an open for inspection? The owner's going to be waiting for you. There'll be six people standing out the front. You're going to get sacked. You'll lose the listing. What are the ramifications of not turning up to a listing appointment or appraisal? You zero chance of actually securing that piece of business. What are the ramifications of not turning up to a buyer appointment? That buyer will never deal with you again. Now, what are the ramifications of not attending a prospecting session? Not as immediately severe. However, in 90 to 120 days, I can guarantee you, your stock levels will be low. So the only reason you don't have enough listings today is because you didn't prospect enough or database enough 60 to 120 days ago. So tip number one for prospecting, have it in your diary. Now, if it is two hours, conduct what I call two lots of 45 minute sprints. So 45 minute sprints means complete undistraction, complete focus, complete presence. Bring in the same discipline that you would at a listing appointment or an auction or a market appraisal or an open house where you're fully present, you're not being distracted by social media, you're not being distracted by incoming calls, you're not being distracted by emails, you're fully present. So my theory is that output equals input at some point, not straight away. What do I mean by that? I mean that if you adopt a 45-minute sprint and all you do for that 45 minutes is leave 16 detailed messages saying, saying hi, it's Adrian Bow. haven't spoken to you for a while, just wanted to update you on the market just listed, just sold something in your street. Um, are you considering doing anything? I'd love to pop around and have a look. That's a detailed message. If it includes 16 of those and four conversations, um, that's a good 45-minute sprint. That output will equal input at some particular time. Don't delude yourself that people will call you back when you leave a message. Treat it as a touch point. All you're doing is buying a piece of their mind, creating one of a, a multitude of touch points, uh, which we'll go through shortly, but that is one of them, a detailed message and adding value with each, with each conversation, talking about just this or just sold your view on the market, not just asking, are you planning to buy or sell? So tip number one in your diary. Tip number two for prospecting, 45-minute sprints, a minimum of one, ideally two per day. Um, after the 45 minutes, have a stretch, have a coffee, have a drink, return some urgent emails or, or phone calls. But for that 45-minute sprint, I'm suggesting no incoming calls, no incoming emails, no social media, uh, nothing. Just one call after the other, headset on, banging out those messages or banging out those conversations. 
um, not too concerned about the number of connects or the number of people you talk to because one 45 minute session can look completely different to another 45 minute session. You might speak to three people during one 45 minute session and they could be in depth, uh, detailed conversations and another 45 minute sprint could be 25 conversations. Not too concerned about that. Just stay in the process, do it a minimum of four times a week because you might have open houses uh, one day of the week, but absolute minimum of two hours being two 45 minute sprints, four days a week. That is um, a lot of hours during that week that you wouldn't necessarily do. The other tip, is make it a proactive cause. What I mean by that is nothing to do with your current listings. So you get with current listings, you got callbacks. That's in addition to these proactive prospecting calls. With current listings, you get email inquiry, which you should be calling. That's got nothing to do with these 45-minute sprints. Um, with current listings, you get phone inquiries. That's in addition. So proactive calls includes pipeline database people that you spoke to either a week ago or three years ago um, that are identified as people that own property that may or may not be looking to sell but it's a nurture call that's one category next category is past clients someone that you might have sold for two years ago earned a check for a commission of you know between 10 to fifty thousand dollars and they haven't heard from you again that's insanity um, so include those as your proactive call session uh, three expired listings four uh, would include uh, past open for inspections, not current open for inspections. Uh, and five would include your immediate sphere of influence or any uh, influencer in your immediate area uh, or a multiple seller developer um, or someone who's connected um, in your immediate BDA. So we're still on the first point, prospecting slash promotion. Prospecting we're dealt with. Promotion is a broad term for every other lead generation activity. Now, I don't need to get into detail with that. There's the traditional um, lead generation activities, which some are antiquated, some are not. Um, so they still may include DL cards. They still may include what's called a price drive letter. They still may include um, A4 sold success marketing brochures. The more modern and higher tech lead generation activity could be Facebook ads. It could be uh, boosting your just listed, just sold, market wrap, uh, testimonials, rate my agent. They're all promotion. So it comes under that general term of promotion because prospecting and promotion, we've learned, um, are not mutually exclusive. They are combined. There's no dichotomy between them. They are definitely enjoying that synergy and we must include them both. So point number one, become a master or uh, get to a mastery level on prospecting and promotion. Number two, 
database management. And this is all in a sequential order, as you can see. First thing is all about prospecting and promotion. Next thing is database management, because database management is once you actually do prospect and promote yourself, you're gonna to start to meet people. When you start to meet people, what do you need to do? You need to master database. So there's so many confusing and conflicting messages about database. What's the best CRM? Um, you know, how often do I need to call people? Um, let me simplify it for you. The best CRM is the one you use. Um, I know people that use Microsoft Outlook extremely effectively. Um, I used ACT, which is a, uh, a software program I bought uh, 27 years ago for $29 off the shelf and still use it. Um, Agent Box is obviously the, the, the most common and uh, certainly uh, advanced in terms of its functions. But let me tell you, don't get too bogged down in that. When I first started real estate 30 years ago, I had an eight by five manual box with cards in it with people's names, numbers and notes. And that worked really well. That was a good CRM because all you need a CRM to do is a few things. Number one is obviously put their details into a system. Number two, take notes every time you speak to them, i.e. just renovating, i.e. call in three months, i.e. possibly moving to Queensland. Second thing you needed to do is schedule your next call. Um, so all CRMs allow you to do that, even Microsoft Outlook. Next thing you need your database um, uh, management mastery level to achieve is some sort of email or mail merge. Now that might just mean that you're uploading a CSV file and, and placing it into one of the many platforms available today, being MailChimp, iRealty, TrueLogic. Um, there's a bunch of them out there. Bing, there's, there's plenty of platforms that you can use. Even AgentBox allows you to do the newsletter as well. So what's database nurturing look like if you want to achieve database mastery. So you've got all the, the contacts in there. Um, anyone you meet that owns property deserves to be into your database, regardless if they say I'm getting carried out in a box or if they say I'm selling in three weeks time, give me a call. They all deserve to be into that database. What's a nurturing program look like? Really simple. It's one call per quarter um, as, a, as a touch point phone call, including leaving a message a 30-day newsletter, okay, and your newsletter needs to be quite simple, which is your current listings, your recent sales, and a brief summary on your immediate market, okay? And the next uh, touch point would be what we call a geo-targeting just listed or just sold. So as soon as you just list or just sell something in their immediate area, you create a touch point. It could be by text, SMS, or a phone call. So suddenly, database mastery looks like this. Minimum of one phone call touch point per quarter. Uh, a minimum of 30 days newsletter. And I would say another four to six phone touch points per annum due to geotargeting just listed and just sold. You do that plus all the passive type of awareness uh, um, um, you know, options available to you, which include 
clients driving past and seeing a signboard, clients seeing a social media post, clients driving past your office, um, clients getting a DL card. So they're all passive awareness techniques. And what I'm talking about with your database management is a proactive uh, awareness technique. Okay, so number one, prospecting and promotion. Number two, database management. Number three, nurturing clients, which we just dealt with, that easy plan about nurturing clients. Um, number four, the listing. Now, the listing is quite simple. Um, no matter who I speak to or where I travel in Australia or the world and speak to agents, um, it's incredible that the same objections come up and they were the same objections that came up 10, 15, 20 years ago. So the beauty about listing mastery is there's only actually a handful of objections you need to be a master at. One is obviously um, what is your USP? What's your unique selling proposition? So why you? Why Adrian? Why XYZ real estate? That's one. Number two is commission. You need to be an expert at defending your fee and justifying your fee. A very good one that's worked for me is when someone says, um, Adrian is 2% plus GST negotiable. I show them my list of services, which is 28 things that I do once I list a property uh, and sell a property, which includes everything from garden maintenance to meeting the solicitor to um, you know making sure we've got a pest and building report to answering email inquiries at 10 o'clock at night. A whole list of services. I put that list in front of them and say, I've got a certain standard, which I like to adhere to. Um, my reputation is everything. Um, my workflow is consistent. Um, which one of these things do you want me to leave out if you want me to negotiate my commission? And often the response is, well, no, I don't want you to leave any of those things out. So that's one good way of actually defending your fee. But again, if you want to do some one-on-one -on -one coaching, let me know. We can go through a whole bunch of other um, overcoming objection type dialogue so the listing mastery includes defending your fee what's your usp making sure that you can sell marketing really well um, making sure that if someone says well your office is not located in a certain area that you have a valid and compelling response to that um, and when you think about it there's not a huge amount of other objections that you need to become a master at in order to be great at listing so if you can overcome those objections then listing mastery doesn't have to be too complicated number five you need to be a master at the set to sell meeting or the expectation meeting what does that mean it means that when you're sitting down with your client, either the minute the ink dries on the agency agreement when you've signed it up or just before the property is about to launch on the internet, you need to go through an agenda for the set to sell. Um, and a couple of those things could be like, Adrian, just want to let you know what my communication process looks like as soon as you list with me. I'll be calling you every day. I'll be meeting with you once a week and I'll be providing you a weekly written report. In fact, this is what one of the reports would look like. How do you feel about that? Okay, great. Two, 
these is these is these are the members of my team like any professional you're dealing with there's always the main person whether it's a doctor lawyer accountant so i am that lead person i'll do all high-end negotiation and all feedback to you directly but like any professional they've got a team of experts around me i've got an expert in marketing i've got an expert in administration i've got an expert in dealing with buyers how do you feel about that great good next thing on the set to sell meeting uh will be um, Adrian, what's going to happen is we're going to be showing some people through. Um, uh, there's an open house set for Saturday. If there's less than nine groups through, by the way, you need to create your own number, but I'm just giving an example. If there's less than nine groups through, then at our weekly face-to-face, we're going to review three aspects and that is price presentation and marketing. Now, Adrian, if there was a science to our business or if there was a way to get a campaign on track, if it's off track, the benefit and the luxury that we have is that we can control price presentation and marketing. In fact, here's some case studies of properties where, the, where week one, the price guide was X, um, we had so many email inquiries, so many phone inquiries, and X amount of people physically inspected the property. The following week, the price guide went up or down by three or five percent, and this is how the numbers changed. Now, you tell the story, and at the end, you talk about how many registrations, how many offers, how many bids, and then the end sale price. That is social proof that you can take the buyer or the client on a journey on that tells them that selling a property is a process. Um, tweaking the price is part of it. Tweaking the presentation is also part of it. And also making sure we're on top of the marketing is part of it. And our, at our weekly face-to-face meeting, we'll be dealing with all three. Because if I'm likely, Adrian, to have a tough and necessary conversation, I'd like to have it on a weekly basis, not the day before the auction or the day before uh, the, our agency expires, which makes it too late. How do you feel about that? No problem. Great. So you can see that set to sell meeting is critical in creating that expectation. Number six, you need to be able to have excellent marketing. So being able to beautifully market a property, um, what does that look like? What does that involve? Um, What are your mediums? Is it social media? Is it print? Um, Is it digital? Is it premiere and premium on the portals? Is it audience maximizer? Um, um, Is it uh, signboards? Is it brochures? Is it database? You need to be able to deliver an outstanding marketing approach and uh, have a compelling conversation with the owner that your expertise is in marketing and negotiation. Any person can sell a property, including the owner themselves. They can go on domain.com tomorrow, put a few photos up, get some people through. However, what you're an expert in is marketing and negotiation. That's why you get paid. And you need to put a compelling argument to the owner about why you are worth what you are in those arenas. Next thing, number seven, is to be able to sell and negotiate. Just talked about being a master in negotiation. Um, You also need to sell the property. So just to run through those points again at what you need to master at. And the last one is customer service. So let's talk about them in order again. So number one, prospecting promotion. You need to find clients because if you're just starting out or you're going through a dry patch where you're short on inventory or stock, you need to prospect and promote yourself, number one. Number two is once you prospect and promote yourself, you're going to meet clients. 
you need to database those clients. So database management is critical. We talked about not focusing too much on what type of CRM, but just making sure that you're using the CRM appropriately, putting in the data, making notes, scheduling the calls. Number three is then nurturing those clients. Minimum four touch points per year, minimum 30-day newsletter, and a minimum geo-target every time you just sell, just sold or just listed a property. Number four, master the listing. Uh, make sure that you turn up early, make sure you send information in advance, uh, make sure that you have what's called a pre-listing questionnaire where rather than just saying three o'clock Friday, how many bedrooms is it again and see you there, expend, spend a little bit more time on the phone and have a professional mature conversation and asking a few details around, you know, what improvements have they made to the property? What do they like about the property? When are you planning to move? Um, what sort of general price range are you expecting? Have you thought about optional or private treaty? Just get a better sense before you get to the appointment. Number five, the set to sell meeting. We talked about it. Um, once you've got the listing, you need to have that meeting either straight after uh, the ink drives on the agency agreement or the day before it launches on the internet because sometimes there can be a delay of one to three weeks. So nail that set to sell. The only reason you're going to have any acrimony during the campaign or if the owner ever calls you and says, can I have an update, please? Um, that's not a sustainable business, okay? You need to create the set to sell agenda, talk about what the communication is going to look like, talk about that there's a chance an early offer might come through because even though your property might only be on the market for seven days, you've got buyers looking for seven months. Um, talk about all these things and just create their expectations. Once you have the set to sell meeting, you've got to deliver an excellent marketing plan. You've got to know what works in your area. I've just been through a list of all the mediums available to us, both di digital, traditional, um, you've got to make sure you know what works and use case studies and say, I just sold this property. This was the identical marketing plan just used for this property. I had 4,000 web views. It was on the market for 21 days. We had six contracts go out, three offers, and it sold for above the expectations at X dollars. That's an expert marketing campaign. Number seven, you've got to learn to sell and negotiate. In fact, at the listing appointment, you can actually role play some negotiation dialogue that you would use with the buyer. I think that that's an important part of it. The last thing was customer service. So no longer is our competition around the corner being a real estate office. No longer is our competition um, another, another brand in real estate. Our competition now is a three hat restaurant, um, uh, Qantas Lounge when that comes back, um, uh, a, a beautiful boutique they're going to like Aesop, or, 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 or some amazing um, uh, store and they're getting incredible retail experience. That's our competition now, not just real estate. So we need to ensure that if a buyer is attending an open for inspection or we're attending their property as a listing appointment or we're showing a buyer through um, and the night before they were at a Justin Hems restaurant, then we're going to provide Maryvale type service. We're going to provide incredible, uh, mind-blowing service that, people absolutely are obliged to refer us business. This business is an awareness and a referral business. So that's just a brief snapshot of what I feel the eight points we need to master in order to be outstanding at this business. Obviously, I've 
just touched on very high level points. And if you'd like to book in a coaching session, feel free to do so. Inquiries at adrianbow.com or hit me up on all my socials. It's been awesome talking to you. I've really enjoyed this session. A nice skills workshop for us all. And you guys look after yourself, stay safe and uh, reach out to me anytime you like. Thank you.